to Bunta Vista Socialist Club, episode 24. Uh, I am Andrew. I'm here with all of the buddies. I'm here with Theo. Hey. I'm here with Ben. Hello. And of course, we are here with Lucy. G'day. Uh, how is everybody after our accidental hiatus? I'm, uh, I'm really disoriented that you didn't introduce me first. I don't know if you've been doing it on purpose or not, but I always felt like it was because I was the second most important after you, and now you've just you've bumped me down in the rankings and put Theo into second place. I always feel, yeah, it's it's obviously deliberate the way that Andrew lists us. It's like a MySpace top eight, to be honest. Makes <laughs> me uncomfortable. Theo thinks it's good now. Uh, well, let me ask you a question, Ben. Um, whose computer ruined the last episode? I mean, you can't really own... A computer. So, I mean, that's a ridiculous question. I feel like you, you can, though. Hmm. It, they just grow out of the ground. It's just a plant. Yeah. No one can own a plant. Yeah. Whose who's fucked up plant ruined the last episode? <laughs> oh, that was my plant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. No, look, it's purely a coincidence, folks. Uh, ben is still very important and near and dear to my heart. But not as near as Theo. Apparently. Well, jeez. Oh, Theo's been like, uh, like second or third fiddle this whole time he gets he gets a bit of shine one time and you guys can't let him have it yeah i haven't fucked up an episode in like a month <laughs> i got the little board with the uh, days since last episode fuck up and every day i flip the flip the number uh just Very stand, satisfying. stand back with your hands on your hips and proudly look at it ah, ah beautiful all right uh, well, so we're going to be a little bit confused this week because um, we talked about a bunch of stuff last week and then uh, we we just kind of lost that episode. So, um, But some of the things that we talked about were, were pretty important, a pretty big deal, and we wanted to make sure that we still um, gave them an appropriate shout-out. For example, uh, the old uh, informal postal survey about same-sex marriage. Uh, got a big old fat yes vote and we were all pretty stoked. Uh, yeah, we're all pretty happy. It could yeah. have been bigger. It should have been bigger, but it was it was reasonable. I'm a glass half empty kind of gal. <laughs> you're a, um, yeah, a glass uh, 30, 39% full kind of gal. Oh, uh, 38.4%, uh, sorry. That's, uh, there's no reason why you should round that up. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. I'm not, I'm not a big numbers guy, not a big numbers head. Uh, but, you know. It, that was all right. it got where, where we wanted to go with it. Yeah. It, yeah good it was definitely a result. That's enough of a mandate that theoretically uh, a reasonable person who was on the losing side of that would shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, it turns out in practice, that is not true. <laughs> oh. uh, and they will never shut the fuck up about it until dead. Yeah. Well, the conservatives that were fiercely against it weren't really reasonable in the first place, so let's let's not act uh, too shocked. But at least it mm. was a strong enough result that um, that I think, uh, broadly speaking, the electorate isn't really going to be tolerating too much fucking around about the whole thing. Mm. Um, you you would hope. I kind of I kind of feel like you know the the entire issue has been so dragged out when it's been so clear for a long time that it's had really broad support in the Australian community. Uh, it's been very dragged out. You know, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't pass a bill about it. And then they tried to do the plebiscite thing and they were like, Oh, even that would be a little too clear cut. Let's do, 
Let's do it by mail. Let's do it for old people. Let's make it non-compulsory and non-binding and all the all the shit they did, but they still had an, an 80% turnout rate for a non-compulsory vote, which I think mm. is... I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Good. Mm. That's a that's a, a you know pretty pretty high level of engagement. I that's think. good. Those are the sort of voting numbers that uh, America would cream their pants over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just uh, recorded an, imp- an appearance yesterday on a discourse collective uh, for our for our comrades over in the states. And um, yes, when I told them that eighty percent of the po- of like the eligible voting population responded to this non-compulsory vote, they were pretty staggered. <laughs> They're pretty staggered by those sorts of numbers. To be fair, it was just in the mail, which was difficult for me. I had to I had to Google where a where a post box was and what they are, what, what they, they look are. like. Yeah. yeah, but I got there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and good on you, good on you for that. Thank you. I uh, I got to do mine uh, online. I didn't I didn't have to fuck around with any of that snail mail, if you'll permit me. <laughs> well, good for you. Tell me some more about mm. this uh, mail of the snail. Now, picture this: you have a message you want to send to someone, but you want it to maybe arrive in five to six days. Yeah. You pay what seems like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, to someone who really, really does not want to serve you. <laughs> yep. Uh, you get given some uh, worthless adhesive rectangles uh, that apparently symbolize transportation. You gotta lick them. Sometimes. And you are uh, compulsory um, Andrew uh, Andre Ryu DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Six or seven of them. Yeah, uh, big pile again. Oh, you can get all sorts of stuff there. Uh, magnifying glasses. Uh, you, can, you can get wild shit in the post office. I love it. It's like an adventure. And jigsaw every time. puzzle of an old clock. <laughs> <laughs> an old clock made out of jigsaw puzzle pieces. <laughs> Terrific. So, I mean, what I like about the postal service is that, um, you know, I mean, we're all we're all a little used to uh, sending a message to a person and they just receive it uh, almost instantaneously. An instant message, if you will. Um, I like the whole uh, Schrodinger's message kind of vibe of the post office, particularly Australia Post. Maybe they'll get it. Mm. Maybe they won't. It's just a really lovely feeling of knowing you've put something out there and just having to hope that it does arrive where you want it to and not really having any feedback mechanism for knowing if it did and if it didn't, what happened to it. It's just gone. I like it. It's romantic. Yeah. Yeah, it's very message in a bottle, isn't it? It is. It's beautiful. Anyone can yeah. receive mm. that mail. Uh, so I don't know if you uh, saw this from last week, but uh, Australia Post started trialling uh, robot parcel deliveries in, in Brisbane. <laughs> of course they did it in Brisbane, where it wouldn't matter. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like 10 people here, so it only has to do like one delivery a year, uh, so not very stressful. But it's just like, it's basically a safe on wheels. Uh that's <laughs> that's autonomous and it's just a locked box that has a parcel inside it and you get a, a text with a uh like a passcode and it says hey i'm rocking up at your house at this time and then you you beep boop boop on the machine you pull out your parcel and then it. it drives off i hate it but somehow they envision that that's going to be more cost effective than having humans deliver parcels someone just drive around in a truck and then get out of the truck and bring it to your door 
Yeah. Instead, they have this robot that can easily be picked up by two people <laughs> and just carried off. Oh, I can just imagine the future where, like, all, all of those sorts of services are constantly disrupted by, like, just being kicked over by teens. <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. Neighborhood teens are going to, like, just spray spray paint all over its yep. cameras. Yep. You know, they just watch it drive in circles. <laughs> uh, so that's how we all delivered our postal votes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, fingers crossed that there is, um, I guess, I don't know, in the in the context of the Australian political landscape, as little fucking around as possible when it comes to actually making this law. That would be nice, but that, I don't think that's going to happen somehow. Yeah, and it's not been the case so far. Well, no, but um, like I said, I, th- I, I really... I really think that the the main point of sort of doing all of this for, for Malcolm Turnbull was that he could just have some kind of circuit breaker to say, oh, I, I don't want it to happen one way or the other, but now we have to do a thing. We're being forced to finally do a thing. Um, and if that means that it happens, uh, good, fine. Um, except I think we can all agree that like I'm kind of, generally pissy at the notion that anyone out there would ascribe like uh, this becoming law to Malcolm Turnbull as though it were like an initiative that he that he actually wanted to happen you know what I mean mm. uh, conveniently I wrote uh, about 1500 words about this Ooh. that uh, people could gladly google uh, but yeah he's a he's a piece of shit chode and he shouldn't get to take any credit for this because he didn't want it to happen it happened by mistake, uh, and he inflicted a lot of pain on us to get it. Yep. So uh, you can go to hell. I wonder if that's where I read that. I don't know. Maybe you formed your own opinion independently. I'm sure it has happened before. Probably not. Let's be real. Probably not. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's being debated in the Senate over, uh, I think, today and, and tomorrow. Uh you, you right-wing nutters like Erica Betts are still going to get out and say they're, they're very weird shit. Uh, they are going to labour the the point four percent, very very pedantically. What do you say today or the uh, the other day? Only dead fish go with the flow. Mm, that was today. Yep. Um, yep. Only only dead fish go with the flow. It takes, which is ironic coming from him, a man that looks entirely like a dead fish. <laughs> mm. Yes, only only strong homophobic salmon swim upstream. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know, man. It's uh, although, as as people, as I saw somebody point out, uh, they said it's weird because in this analogy, he's saying that like, uh, you know, going against the grain and swimming upstream is like supporting what is currently law in this country. Yeah, like, that's that's the big conservative thing is that being absolutely radical is supporting the status quo. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the the like twelve hour turnaround that it took for people like Erica Betts um, and the Australian Christian lobby's Lyle Shelton to do a remarkable turnaround um, from well, look, you know, we're, we're going to hear from the silent majority, finally. We're going to hear from the silent majority, not these fringe lefties who want same-sex marriage. 
Uh, and then it, uh, and the vote it turns results out the came silent in. majority were silent because they had a cock in their mouth because <laughs> they're all gay. <laughs> you got them. <laughs> I don't think that was meant to be an insult, but um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like they they very very quickly spun around into uh, a defensive crouch, saying, "Ah, oh, we are a we are but a lowly minority." Yeah, they're oppressed now. We are we are a minority, and our views must be protected. And um, I thought that was pretty ballsy. Yeah, they, uh, they shifted their narrative with an incredible level of alacrity. Like it was very efficient. Pretty, the moment the hammer fell, they went from being like, uh, you know, a vote for uh, marriage equality is a vote for safe schools. It's a vote for political correctness. Yeah. It's a vote for cultural Marxism. And then when it turns out that everyone wanted to say yes to those things, oh, it turns out it, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is the small number of voices because suddenly now minorities are important. Mm. So not real minorities, uh, just just homophobes. Yeah. Like old, what's his name? Old, who's the, who's the ugly man with his little, with his little uh, legislation he tried to bring in, his little bill? Ugly little Jimmy, motherfucker? Little Jimmy Patterson. That's, that's the guy, the ugly one. Oh, eat shit, James. He can God, eat shit. Oh, I don't, he can kiss my did ass. Did you guys see uh, from today, uh, Lionhelm tabled an amendment yeah. to the bill mm. even worse than James it Patterson? Was, it was worse. Uh, it would say, yeah, that the people will not be... Um, it, uh, it would be illegal to discriminate against, discriminate against people that discriminate against uh, same-sex couples, even... Uh, celebrating their anniversary. So oh, not it, anything to do with marriage, just, uh, hey, you gay people seem like you're having a great time. Get the fuck out. It goes <laughs> even further than that. It uh, it makes it, uh, it... How did he phrase it? It was basically like there can be nothing that makes it unlawful to discriminate uh, against someone based on their gender, sexual orientation, intersex status, marital status, or relationship status, uh, in any way that it connects to a marriage, a celebration of a marriage, or a celebration of engagement. So, like I wrote about this earlier, and the examples I used were like if you were buying a champagne as a wedding present for someone, uh, and not even that the wedding itself was a gay wedding. It's just you're gay. It would be legal for someone to be like, "No, I'm I'm discriminating against you based on your sexuality because it pertains to a wedding. Uh, it's unrelated. That it's a straight wedding. It's just that's what the bill <laughs> says." Like- God, I hate I hate libertarians so much. So much. much. It's like the the only reason he's in government is to ferret out these little rules that like expand the ability to just shitpost in real life. Like, no one's asking for it. It's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And, yeah, I like I said earlier, I think I hope his cock falls off and his cat runs away with it and then <laughs> and dies. Mm, and he finally has to make a Sophie's choice to um, shoot his beloved cat with one of his beloved guns. <laughs> <laughs> with his cock in the cat's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
<laughs> yeah, for any for any international listeners who are not familiar with him, uh, David Lionholm is a uh, huge asshole who is uh, from the Liberal Democrats. Um, there is very strong speculation that the only reason he got elected to the Senate in the first place uh, is because um, his extremely minor party's uh, title had Liberal in it. Yeah, which it and the logo was similar. Yes, which happens to be the name of the of one of the two major parties in Australia. Um, and he got in, and um, well, it's yeah, it's it's interesting because I seem to recall some time ago his position on same sex marriage being, uh, yes, same sex marriage should be legal because I'm a libertarian and the government should stay the fuck out of your business and out of the bedroom and everything. And it was one of it was one of those few positions that he spouted that made me go, yeah, fair enough. That's, yeah, he I, used to I have some, some reasonable positions, and then he just went. He's gone full Latham. Yeah, but he'd always this he'd always follow it up with like, and also you should be allowed to shoot somebody with your many assault rifles and automatic <laughs> shotguns. And- yeah, I mean, like like one um, like all these kind of positions that have like heaps of cross-cutting concerns, um, like fairly decent stuff kind of falls out just by chance every so often. Mm. But it's, not, it's never for the right reason. It's never because, hey, that's the compassionate thing to do and we should treat all humans equally. Uh, he just thinks that he should be able to do everything uh, that is possible, um, <laughs> including, you know, driving through an orphanage while... Uh, smoking, you know, 10 bongs at once and, uh, you know, uh, everything should be possible, including all kinds of, you know, bad shit. I think because none of his opinions come from a good place, it means that their actual implementation is always just destined to be terrible. Like, we got Milkshake ducked with his stance on fucking gay marriage and I bet, you know, because he's been champing it for way, way, way longer Mm. than the rest of parliament has which is great and then when he finally gets here he's like well they should be able to call you the n-word when you're married (laughs) and like he's going to do the same thing with like he's been a champion of legalizing weed for like years and years and years and then he's going to come to the bill and it'll be like yes you can smoke weed but only if you get to like kill an endangered animal while you're doing it (laughs) yeah he um he kind of confuses me with some of the some of those positions you know like with the marriage equality thing for example where i don't i don't understand where the sort of rubber hits the road with libertarianism because i was kind of under the impression that the driving force is to have the government stay out of your business and out of your personal life and all that sort of thing um, yet at the same time, he wants to introduce amendments to like the, the marriage act saying, Hey, and we want legal protection for all these people to, yeah, well, they just want, the want to make sure that the government can't, you know, mess with their, their beliefs, however abhorrent they are. I mean, like the vision for his perfect government is just getting rid of all government until it's just him sitting in a totally sterile concrete cube at which time he will disappear up his own arsehole and blink out of existence <laughs> that actually and sounds good to me too that's liberty. Yeah, that works out well for everyone uh so moving on uh, some other some other big news from the week is that uh, queensland had their state election which we talked about a couple of weeks ago um, and uh, Pauline Hansen's One Nation, or Fern, uh, ran... Oh, actually, it's pronounced Fern. Uh, <laughs> phone. Yeah, phone. Um, 
so they they ran they ran like sixty one candidates. Um, there was a massive swing towards them in a lot of the polling leading up to the election, which was making us all very uncomfortable. Uh, and the, so the election finally happened the other night, and so far, um, One Nation have picked up a grand total of zero seats. Hell Potentially yeah. one, maybe. maybe oh. They might shake out through preferences to one, uh, but it is also worth noting that um, One Nation state party leader Steve Dixon, who was uh, a Liberal National Party member who defected um, over to One Nation when... Was he too racist? Uh, I think he. I think he just saw um, that. I think he saw the writing on the wall for the Liberals in um, in Queensland. Saw that things weren't going well for him. They weren't appealing to anybody. Uh, thought he'd get on board with the racist vote and jumped over to One Nation, became their their state leader, and he lost his seat in the election. So eat shit, Steve. Uh, you thought you'd leave the racist party for the more racist party, and it did not work <laughs> out for you. Uh, and of course. Um, dear sweet friend of the show and uh, completely bananas sovereign citizen Malcolm Roberts no. recently disqualified from the Senate for uh, it turns out not actually being Australian uh, at the time that he ran for election uh, he was disqualified from from eligibility for his Senate seat and the same day that the High Court delivered their ruling that he was ineligible they announced that he would be running in the state election uh, and he failed in his bid. Uh, Devastating. He, yeah, he garnered 20-something percent of the vote. Um, so, eat shit, One Nation. Uh, yeah, eat good. shit, you bloodless moon person. Mm. Oh, and uh, I guess eat shit to the libs yep. as well, because it sure looks like Labor is winning at the moment. That's true. Uh, uh, so, those... Uh, Libs that had to sacrifice all of their dignity to do preference deals with One Nation, uh, they just fucked themselves. So, uh, well done, dumbasses. Yeah, it's weird for... It's super weird for, um, I, I think, a Labour person sitting... Um, in a like a, in in the Queensland state election, that they've only had a one point six percent swing away from Labor on the second term, uh, whereas the Liberals, yeah, they had a seven point seven percent swing away. So you can only assume that like one nation's just scooped that all up and gone, yeah, no, sh- we'll we'll have your like shitty table scraps happily. Um, I still think thirteen. So they got thirteen point seven percent of the vote, uh, One Nation, and I still think that for all of our like hooting and hollering, that is way too high. That is an uncomfortable mm. number for me. It's mm. Queensland, though. Uh, yeah. Well, well, it was interesting with the preference deal stuff, where the Liberals preferenced uh, One Nation in like half their seats rather than letting preferences go to Labor, uh, but. One Nation didn't preference them in any seat. Ooh, drama. Yeah, it was just like, um, I don't understand on what level it was supposed to be uh, a good deal for them other than, you know, just just denying votes to Labour because they hate Labour so much. Um, but yeah, you've you got to wonder if, um, if the Liberal Party is going to figure out that uh, teaming up with One Nation at state elections is not working out well for them. Well, that's certainly Australian what one. the um what the federal members have been 
saying or, or well, I mean, maybe not authoritatively, but like, you know, Tim Wilson, uh, who's federal MP for, for uh, Liberal, came out and said, yeah, obviously this is toxic deal and we shouldn't be doing this uh, even on a state level. Um, I mean, but- conveniently, he did come out and say that after the fact when they saw that it had failed. <laughs> yes. Once yeah. they had been completely destroyed and wiped out in the WA election. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, but, but you know, hope, hopefully that's the takeaway um, for them. Well, it just seems, uh, like I said, I, I kind of don't understand who that's meant to be working for because, um, yeah, anybody who is uh, way further right than the liberals and is, like, super racist and all that sort of stuff, like, that, you know, they're not going to want to vote for the liberals anyway, uh, that, you know, they don't trust the liberals, any of that sort of stuff. Any moderate liberal voter... Um, or any remotely progressive liberal voter is going to go, what are you guys doing? Um, and anybody else outside of those scenarios is going to go, oh, you, you would rather that one nation have a political preference. You would rather the openly nationalist, fascist, uh, immigration, anti-immigration party has a seat at the table than be forced to like work with Labour. Uh, it's not a good look, and I think that has been reflected in the devastating losses in two state elections now that they've that they've preferenced one nation. And yeah, just to eat shit. Just eat a big heaping bowl of shit, liberals. Yeah, eat shit. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I imagine that Ben and Theo are moderately relieved at how that's all shaken out. Or celebratory. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a good afternoon to read the news, uh, evening. Whenever the news came in, it was a good time to be getting that news. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was pleasantly surprised. I'd say I was pleasantly not disappointed. Yeah. Like it's the news right there in the middle. Yeah. Um, There was a really good, um, there was an article with a photo essay by um, Alex Ellinghausen. Uh, which was uh, yeah a photo essay of the of the um, election party. Oh, sorry, the the election campaign. Oh uh, yeah, that party. was oh, that was amazing. amazing. And it was just the bleakest shit. And it ends with a photo of Pauline Hanson disappearing into the black of night with a bottle of Bundaberg rum. <laughs> of course, oh, she's so drinking Bundy. Queensland image. Bundaberg the captions black. on all those photos were amazing. There was just like. One of this very downcast man in his sixties wearing a One Nation shirt, and like the caption was just like "Lonely One Nation supporter mm. commiserating in garage." That's right. <laughs> like two or three people sitting there eating cold pizza. Did we? Uh, did we all see that the Daily Mail article about the Queensland election, where the headline for it was just "Woman in Burka Votes in Queensland Election"? I did. I yes. did see that. That was the yeah. whole story too, by the way. There was there was nothing more to it. Oh, oh, don't say that. There was also a photo of some Asian people voting. Was yeah. there really? Uh, yep. Um, well, I I thought the hook to that story was supposed to be that she she the woman voting had also she also had a child with her, as though she were like inflicting something on the child by being in a burka in her presence. I don't think it was oh, even that's a right. burka. She was wearing a niqab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not what they called it on the article. <laughs> of course not. Nope. Um, yeah, yeah, incredibly dumb. Uh, Great they got journalism. A really rinsed. Um, yep. 
uh, I tried to like draw something out of the guy that did it on Twitter just by being gently sarcastic at him and like another Daily Mail writer leapt in to defend him and they just have no self-awareness about this stuff. Like I was just tweeting at the guy being like, oh, hey, uh, I voted in shorts. DM me if you want details. This could be a really big story. <laughs> like they weren't having anything of it. Like there's no shame there. Oh, no. Like- or maybe they just won't reveal that chink in their armor. But like, fuck, you'd have to just look at that shit and just, I don't know, there's got to be something there. Although, actually, in saying that, the author of the original article did another tweet about like, oh, seeing lots of outrage about this story, but not anyone outraged about this woman being forced to wear a medieval era oh, garb. God. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, like, you know, for all of the problems that America has had in the past and continues to have um, with racial harmony in their society... I bet they didn't have any news stories during the election that were woman who is not the same religion as you votes in election. Shocking. Yep. In a, yeah, just as a, as a matter of Well, I mean, that's probably because uh, America has like huge vested interest in stopping minorities from voting and they've found ways to do it. They found subtle yeah, that's ways a, to do it's it. A big, it's a big news report when one squeaks through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What happened? We actually let a black person vote at this polling station because they came with 600 points of photo ID like we require. Uh, So, yes, uh, look, a a good outcome overall, even though Labor are still doing their um, gross neoliberal shit of of trying to loan um, a a foreign mining company a billion dollars to ravage the Great Barrier Reef and... With all their Adani coal mine uh, slurry and runoff, it's all great stuff, and we love it. Um, but I'm, I'm so glad that uh, my children are only going to know about the Great Barrier Reef from the faint recollections I have of it from my childhood. Yep, uh, I've never seen fa- it. faded old postcards. That's <laughs> that's what they'll know it from. Um, but yes, overall a good result. Um, it was very nice to see. Pauline Hanson just um, looking... Get owned. Get bodied, bitch. Yep. Just getting very bodied. Um, yeah, there was there was quite a bit of speculation as well that um, her presence in the, the election campaign had really only served to confuse their own voters um, and really overshadow the presence of their actual candidates. Those voters were confused anyway. Well, that's confused. That's true. Um, as was evidenced by that article that I very <laughs> honestly thought oh, was, I thought it was like a, a Batuta advocate, like bit of bit of crappy satire it was not. at first. That was real. And so it turned the, out it was not. Um, yeah. So the article was this was this woman in a uh, in an electorate where One Nation uh, did not present a candidate. Um, talking to the local news uh, saying, I couldn't vote for Pauline Hanson, uh, a person who is a federal member, not a state member, in a state electorate where there are no Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party candidates uh, actually running. And uh, why isn't this bigger news? I don't think people, I think I think someone's doing the dirty on us. Election um, was rigged. The election, yeah, yeah, like, these people are very confused. Hmm. Very much. Uh, so, yes, we're very glad that's all worked out how it has. 
Uh, now moving on to another a cooked. To uh, cooked speaking of losing seats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> talking about everybody's favourite. Uh, well, no. Talking about here. Mark Latham. Mark Latham. Because he fell off a chair. Oh, he fell off it so good. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I get it now. It's just laughing because everybody else was. Uh, so uh, Mark Latham um, has copped himself a defamation suit. From uh, is it Junkie that Osman writes for now? Osman for yeah, he's the yes. politics editor of Junkie. Yes, of Junkie, um, because uh, Osman Faruqi, a writer um, who who is Australian but has the temerity to be brown, um, had a conversation over Twitter with um, uh, similarly Yasmin. similarly loved author uh, <laughs> Yasmin Abdelmajid. Um, in which uh, they made reference to uh, white people, white people getting screwed over. Um, Mark took this as fervent anti-white racism and uh, then went on and recorded uh, an episode of his his Facebook Live toilet periscope screen. And yeah, and suggested that just uh, an hour of his endoscopy, <laughs> <laughs> just the insides of his bowels. <laughs> um, you can get bowels like his if you buy his cookbook. Um, oh God! Just blackened sausages. That's all. All it's going to be. Um, so yeah, Mark. Mark went on his show and on Twitter and stuff to basically um, suggest that uh, Osman and Yasmin. Um, are, are basically people who are hardcore anti-white racists and that the things that they say and do in their public lives in Australia um, are actually giving aid to terrorists uh, and encouraging terrorist organizations to commit, mm. to no, I'm not, commit attacks in Australia. I don't pretend to be an expert on Anything. defamation law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pretend to be an expert. Yep. Uh, so just for my own edification, is it bad to say that someone is helping terrorists well it's not technically good that's not good it's not mm. great <laughs> well see all right let me let me let me suggest that that was a bad starting point right it's probably mm-hmm. a bad starting point to accuse someone of um of encouraging and supporting terrorists in the country they live in um what probably helps even less is to just continue constantly throughout the course of your own defamation trial uh, <laughs> to just never-endingly still tweet at that same person that they are an anti-white racist um, and record more episodes of your show about the same subject and to guest on other people's shows talking about anti-white racism and accusing those same people of the same things over and over. Well, I mean, defamation is like a valve, I think. Once it's open, <laughs> it doesn't really matter how much of it pours out. Mm. I think, it, I mean, this might, might seem like a bad strategy, but you have to understand that for Mark Latham, uh, continuing to post has been the only thing that's kept him going. <laughs> that's true. Like, no matter what he's been fired from, no matter what he's been kicked off, uh, as long as he continues to post, 
somehow he continues to be alive. Mm. I think it keeps him alive. I think he's like the uh, the bus in that movie about the bus that can't slow down. <laughs> the bus that could <laughs> slow down. <laughs> Where he has to keep posting or he dies. Or he- oh, it's like Crank. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like Crank. Posting or his brain will explode, basically. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. So um, we're going to, obviously, we'll keep you um, abreast of that one as it goes. Because um, we'll keep you a tit of that one, Lucy. Keep you a titty. (laughs) Um, Because, um, look, uh, defamation laws in Australia are not great. They are used to um, silence a lot of, like, reporting on unsavory characters, uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, But just this once, we're we're just going to rub some salt in it and hope that uh, Mark Latham winds up being forced to buy Osman Faruqi a house. Mm, absolutely. Australia's defamation laws should be uh, dramatically decreased in their overre- overreaching power. Uh, but at the same time, I hope Mark Latham is forced to wear a barrel from extreme poverty <laughs> and any time he brings out his wallet, just a moth flies out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's no money in there. <laughs> I hope they narrow the scope of the defamation laws like the day after he is yeah. made bankrupt um, as a yeah. result of this. Um, I, I, I like, I like um, as has, has been commented on, he uh, keeps accusing um, Oz of, of doing this defamation suit as a form of lawfare um, intended to silence him by depriving him of the money that, that he intended to bankrupt him. money that he makes from from Mark Latham's outsiders on Facebook. Um, it can't be that much. Money. If anything, uh, it would be sort of like a tax rebate, really, because the money we are taking off him—that's true. Well, by we, I mean Oz. Uh, I mean that's all tax money, so it's not that bad. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm down. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll. We'll keep you updated on that one, but it's it's looking pretty good, especially because he just he cannot stop himself. He absolutely cannot stop himself. I think he'll say something worse at this point. I think he's gonna really, really fuck it up. Oh, I reckon I reckon if he gets if he does get done, if he loses the case, um, and he's just left alone with his phone for like an hour right after that, oh man. We just are tweet the N word. <laughs> just oh, 280 characters of, of the N-word. Of the it. N-word. Um, so, uh, another nice bit of news from the last week or two um, that's worth shouting out was uh, the very nice show of solidarity from the Australian public for, uh, for workers in which they supported the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union's boycott of streets ice cream. Uh, because I think that boycott had a very strong effect and resulted in um, the industrial action that they were a part of being successful. Yeah, they mm. killed it. They smashed out that, that union movement. Yeah. And now we can all have gay times again. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, they, they were attempting to just uh, pretty much force everybody who worked there to just take a 46% pay cut and eat a big bowl of shit. Um, for some weird reason, not everybody who worked there was keen to take a 46% pay cut. Uh, yeah, so so uh, streets have dropped 
um, their demands to do that. They have put everybody back on at their original pay and everybody has still retained their rights to organize and all that sort of stuff. So well done. Big shout outs to the AMWU. Uh, big shout outs to the, to the social media campaign that they organized to support that. That seemed to go very, very well. Uh, big shout out to all the people out there who, who just showed a bit of, bit of solidarity by saying, I'm not going to eat a golden gay time. No paddle pops for me. Thank you. Well, I can't, I can't eat ice cream because I have IBS. So I was, I was good in this campaign. I find the ice cream too cold for my teeth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> I didn't have any ice creams because my parents drilled into me uh, from a very young age that the cost of an ice cream is an insane extravagance uh, that we could not afford wow. under any circumstances. <laughs> wow. uh, despite the fact that we were pretty well off, I think my parents are just assholes. <laughs> Uh, so now I cannot even consider getting one as a treat because there's like something in my head that makes me think they cost about 20 bucks. This explains so much. <laughs> and uh, speaking of huge assholes, a uh, big fuck you to uh, Jason Falinski uh, and the uh, young liberals and all these dipshits that got in front of the camera uh, oh, you know, smiling with their, with their streets, ice creams and that sort of thing. And it's like, okay, as a conservative, you want to come out and say, look, we need to make this business more profitable, right? Uh, and one of the ways that we can do this, da da da. You know, there are. I don't agree with you know uh, necessarily those, those arguments, but there are nuanced ways to do this, right? But getting in front of the camera and going, "Yeah, fuck you guys, eat our shit," um, super bad look, uh, and you are just huge pricks. And I hope you got mm. diarrhea. I hope you yeah. shit up a storm. Um, just for the record, I'm capable of eating ice creams and I do so on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all yeah. right. Privileged. Did you do so during the boycott? Uh, no streets ones. No, sorry. What are, what's the other ones? Are they Peters? Is that the other? Peters? Oh, yeah, Peters. Peters, I think. What's the other? There's another one, maybe. I, I'm pretty sure there's a duopoly on the ice cream scene because there's only the two types of ice cream fridge that you see True, in, in like yeah. servos. Uh yeah, hey Lucy, you you could always eat a calippo. There's no dairy in there. I can't eat a calippo. Calippo's good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that street? Uh yeah, I mean you can eat it now. Well, I can have it now. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. Well, this is something. This is something that Lucy and I touched on um in the the little bonus episode catch up that we did uh last week, which was I saw saw a bit of saw some mixed opinions online about once a boycott like this has ended uh do you then just go back to consuming these products as you would normally because so i saw quite a few people saying well fuck streets i'm still not eating their stupid ice creams and i'm kind of at the mind that like if if the purpose of the boycott is to show uh, a company that if you treat your workers like that people will stop buying their product and when you stop treating your workers like that, people just go back to what they were doing. That sends an extremely clear signal to both them and other companies to just not try and pull that kind of shit. Mm. I think, well, the argument that I saw was essentially if a company at large is willing to do that, then the company in general is bad. But I definitely think there is efficacy in them like looking at their balance sheets or whatever and seeing, you know, 
oh, it went right down. And then when we stopped being shit cunts, mm. it went right back up. And I think, I think other companies is... get to see the example too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just kind of made me go, well, if the whole reason that you're doing the boycott is to, you know, try and strong arm a company into not taking all the wages of these workers. And then once they say, all right, you win, we're not going to do it, we're not going to take their wages. And you go, ha, ah, and we're still not giving you any money. <laughs> Then, yeah. then you are going to wind up hurting those workers, surely. Yeah, you don't really end up with any negotiating power then. Mm. And I mean, it's kind of trite to say it, but like, it is very difficult to have ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> like, if you were trying to get all your stuff perpetually from businesses that, well, from large corporations that aren't fucking people over, you're going to have a very hard time. Oh, yeah doing yeah. that and and that's why i think that things like this uh they're good because they're they're just compartmentalized you know you can it's it's linked to a really clear thing that is happening like um like the carlton united breweries um mm. boycott when that was happening mm. again that was a, a really clear-cut industrial dispute um, where they were just trying. It was a tough time. It was a tough time for me. Pretty much exactly the same circumstances as well, right? They'd cancelled a bunch of contracts and then offered them back to the people at 40% of the previous rate. It was yeah. almost identical. Uh, yep. But it took a lot longer and I had to not drink v- VB for a lot longer. Are you okay? Yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with that one because it did not affect my drinking habits <laughs> in the slightest. <laughs> it's a hard time. Well, yeah, like I said, uh, good shit. Good work to the AMWU. Um, hey, everybody, go and go and join your union if you can. Mm. If you are in a position to do so, uh, do it because you know I think it's I think it's very easy for uh, people to just kind of forget that like when you when you have you know a weekend and when you have a job where you get paid overtime or you get paid an award wage or you get sick leave or all of these things that all that shit came from generations of unions uh fighting it out for you basically and i don't know i think i think like a lot of other things in the world that people get to a position where their lives are nice and comfortable so they go well i don't really need to do that because everything's fine um but if nobody does it if nobody's actually getting involved with their unions then those conditions start to slip until they get to a point where you go, hey, I'm kind of getting fucked over real hard. Um, but maybe you'll have let it go too long and a whole bunch of new uh, shitty laws will have been passed and maybe you're not allowed to organize in your workplace anymore. Uh, maybe some crazy right-to-work laws will have come in. Um, There's been some um, really great stuff going on with the uh, the staff of the LA Times unionizing. Yeah, I saw that. Um, which is huge. Uh, and they've it's been hugely effective. Uh, they've basically had uh, the, the management at the LA Times very grumpily secede to a lot of their demands. But uh, not not before going, well, we can't possibly afford to and it's not competitive and blah, blah, And they're actually like, oh, well, we looked into it and you guys are actually siphoning all the wealth right to the very top. Um that might be uh, some of the source of your problem. Uh, and by the mm. way, we're all reporters, so this is what we do for a living. <laughs> Although there was the kind of flip side situation there with um, uh, Gothamist 
and whatever whatever other publication I was probably oh, yeah. a billionaire <laughs> owner. And uh, yeah, and they and uh, like it wasn't a profitable wasn't a profitable um, outlet or anything as far as I know. It was pretty much just like a a little passion project for its billionaire owner. And the people working there said, um, we would like to unionize. And he said, let me think about it. And then the next day he went, uh, I'm shutting the entire thing. Sorry. Ugh. So that was pretty shit. But that, uh, that won't probably, that probably won't happen to you. So try anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's why it's good if you are in a situation and not everybody is. If you are in a situation where you can um, join a union and be part of collective action in your workplace, um, by all means, do it because, you know, that's how those protections stay there for everybody is by people actually doing it. Um, yeah, we don't we don't need it in the IT industry, though, because we're all geniuses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. We're all uh, tall poppies, every single one of us. Um, it, that's possible, apparently. Um, <laughs> we're all the tall poppy. Uh, but for some reason, I can't work out why I haven't been paid uh, overtime for hundreds of hours, so uh, I'm sure the two aren't related. Oh well, no. You have to understand that uh, the software industry industry is a meritocracy, so everyone gets exactly what they deserve based on their huge brain. <laughs> oh, I've noticed that. Seems mm. to be working. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe just the last thing from this week that we'll uh, try and tick off on this whirlwind whirlwind tour of Australian culture. <laughs> uh, is that uh, we had another little little interesting piece of news today when um, youth radio station Triple J announced that they were moving the date of the Hottest 100. Um, moving it mm. from the what was starting to become a more and more contentious uh, date of Australia Day, um, which if you... If you are not Australian, um, it's basically just our, our Columbus Day, you know. It's a, it's a hey, celebrate all the all the all the colonization. Uh, Hell yeah, celebrate some murder and slaughter of natives. It's so good. Celebrate a bit of slavery. Um, so yeah, like Triple J had been having, I think, a lot more conversations, um, both from their listeners and the artists as well that um that's they play on there saying maybe don't do this um maybe change it to a different date why not and uh i think they also they did their own little vote they put a vote to their listeners and most of them said yeah cool change it to something else and they did pretty much pretty much identical numbers it was yeah. like 60 yes 39 percent no one percent undecided mm-hmm. i can't wait to hear what miranda divine thinks about the whole thing Oh, this oh, is going to be wait. fucking great. Like, already today, uh, fucking Mitch... What's the communication minister? Mitch Firefield got all, like, up in arms being, like, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Australia Day has to be celebrated with the hottest 100. <laughs> <laughs> a, a tradition that goes back about 20 years. Yep. Uh, oh, actually, maybe a little bit longer than that. 19. But- the first one was 1998. Uh, well, te- wow. well, technically less because the Hottest 100 wasn't always on Australia Day. Yeah, yes. no, no, sorry. The first, the first Australian Day one was 1998. Well, I so, don't know how many years ago that is, so I can't help. <laughs> we sounds, get to watch. Sounds like five years ago to me. Yeah. We get to watch a bunch of conservatives try and pretend like uh, 
the hottest 100 is uh, an intrinsic celebration of uh, white Australia uh, and settler colonialism that has to be done on that fucking day for some reason. And they have to pretend to care to like it, even though no one that's over 22 recognizes any of the songs i i just i need to get really fucking blind in a really hot day and just like wait five hours to hear a flume song (laughs) (laughs) i need it to be on that day it's part of australia no yeah that's culture that's i agree ben that's absolutely going to be the best thing is um yeah listening to conservative commentators in the media um act like they've ever listened to the hottest 100 or like they gave the remotest shit before this point about uh, what songs get played on Triple J and when. Yeah. I thought, though, in the interest of, you know, how Hack always tries to uh, be uh, fair and balanced in the uh, Tom Tilly kind of sense, Mm -hmm. um, I thought they should move the date to the anniversary of the Port Arthur massacre. (laughs) did not get any traction. (laughs) Yeah, you know why? Because it didn't happen, Theo. That's true. Who's the, Sorry. Who's the real shooter? Who's the real shooter? Uh, I apologize to anybody and everybody who has anything to do with Port Arthur. God, I hate that conspiracy theory so much. It's so not a good one. I hate Port, Ar- Port Arthur truthers so much. If you are a Port Arthur I would truther, say- just get a fucking hobby or something, man. Just get a lobotomy. That's not this. Get a different yeah. hobby that's not shooter trutherism. Get a hobby that involves not living anymore, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if suicide is a hobby. <laughs> uh, it could be for people who are Port Arthur truthers. Maybe just get into model trains or something. It's quite time consuming. You're in Maybe. basements largely. Something the only you're... people you talk to are on forums. I don't want them to be on any forums, though. Are you on up. model train forums? <laughs> are there model train forums? Of course there are. Jesus oh, my right. God. Like um, 40% of internet traffic. It took over <laughs> porn traffic last year. It was the first year it came in number one. Um, well, I just want to note that I don't think something can really be considered a hobby if you've only done it once. Strong take. <laughs> it's a strong take. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. Look, we got some questions in. We got some questions in. We're running Great. out of time, so I think what we might do is um, we'll we'll do a quick couple of questions, uh, and then um, we'll we'll cover a bit more of the stuff from this week and the rest of the questions on ye old Patreon bonus episode. How does that sound? Sounds good. Whew. All right. Um, Give us one. All right. A quick question from friend of the show, Maddie Camp. Uh, Maddie asks, is it on? Uh, I, I think it's not on right yeah. now. It's not especially on. Mm. It's just always been a little bit on. It's on in the long-term sense. It's like I'm not dying right now, but we're all dying, you know? Yeah, 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 very much. Um, mm. uh, for any international listeners... Uh, this is Australian code for is the leader of the ruling political party about to be deposed by his own team? Um, and Could happen yes, at any I, w- time. I would have to, yeah, I would have to agree with uh, Lucy's assessment that the vibe is that um, that Malcolm Turnbull will will not be around for long. 
but that he's not going to be axed in the very, very near future. No. Um, yeah. I, I think they want to. They want oh, to so bad, God, yes, but they, they invested to. a lot into rhetoric of being like, well, we're not changing our leaders all the time. It's like bloody Labour is, and now they're stuck with this guy that they fucking hate. Wouldn't it be? Uh, and they can't change it. Wouldn't it just be the most perfect synchronicity of all, though, if they finally just finished up by mirroring Labour perfectly and getting Tony getting Abbott Tony back, back in it, like during, you know, just before the election campaign to try and like save the, save the furniture, you know? Little Bring political back. palindrome of Rudd Gillard, Rudd Abbott, Turnbull Abbott. Yeah. I love it. Bring back Tony. Yep, I agree. Bring back Tony. Um, even more inept and funnier. He's funnier, at least. He gives us gives us something to laugh about. Yeah, Turnbull's, Turnbull's hey. just one big dejecting bummer, really, isn't he? He's, he's just a fucking asshole and not he's in a, a funny way. He's a wet blanket. I... He's a wet blanket. He's a party pooper. I couldn't believe um, in the... So he's, he's campaigning with um, John Alexander in the by-election in Benelong. And... Uh, he was talking about um, Maxine McHugh, who is Labor's star candidate running against um, John Alexander, and saying, ah, the people smugglers are keeping a close eye on this election because they want Christina Keneally to win so that they can start up the people smuggling trade. How many refugees is she going to bring to Benelong, he said. Wow. Yeah, like that's, he's, yeah, he's just really, he has become Tony. He's bunging it on. Just is what he's bloody doing. It's just out of control. It's just silliness. It's bloody silliness is what it is. It's, it's bad. It's a bad vibe. Uh, now we have, we have one, one last final question here. Maybe you guys can explain it for us. You, uh, you, you fellas from up north. Uh, friend of the show, Matt Cutback, asks, Can the Buddhist Brains Trust please workshop a snappy hashtag for FNQ exit? I've got nothing, he says. So this is our, like, uh, uh, separatist movement in Queensland. Uh, there's a pretty distinct sort of cultural divide between northern Queensland and southern Queensland. Most of the money in the state all the mining shit is in North Queensland, but barely anyone lives up there, so they don't really have any political power. Uh, they're far more conservative, conservative than the southern part of the state as well. They see themselves as like real Australians, and the us down south are all soft, so they want to leave. Are they wrong? Uh, well, I don't want to lose them because I like having them up there, uh, but they don't want us. So, sort of who can you say? Lose. Can you blame them? Wow. That- Seems really rude, uh, so but no, not really. So there's like a, a very, very small body of politicians saying that they that they want far north Queensland to secede from Queensland and become its own state. Is that is that the essence of it? Yes. Or and do we oh. become New South Wales? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Never even say those words out loud ever again. Uh, hey, you could just cut off, cut off far north Queensland and let it just sort of like float out into the ocean a little. Just drift I mean, out. Doesn't sound like a bad time. Uh, fucking uh, George Christensen, friend of the show, is a huge advocate for this. Oh, yeah. Oh. Despite the fact that uh, Mackay, which is where Theo is also from, 
barely, barely far north Queensland. Mm. Just over the border. Um, so, so have you got a have you got a name for it? Um, Quexit. It's really. Yeah, you can't really do anything with that, can you? Fart. Fart. Just call it fart. How's that? What's that a play? Cut out a lot of letters. (laughs) Far, and then the T on the end. You've just you've cut out all the needless letters. Hmm. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I think it works. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, Far, far north, New South. Queen. No, wait. Oh wait, how about fuck it? So <laughs> you take the far. Yeah, nice. No, that's far, that's yeah. good. That's it. You've yeah. got it. Fuck uh, it. Far next. Okay, there we go. Hashtag fuck it. So simple. When uh when BuzzFeed does a roundup of people using this, just remember that it started here. That's right. Um. So yeah, that's that's it. That's perfect. Um. That's where we're gonna round it up. Uh, so we'll do another episode on Friday, which you can catch over on patreon.com forward slash Vista. Uh, if you care to support the show financially, the small monthly donation of mere pennies, mere pennies, very small, just a few hundred pennies, several hundred pennies, which we don't actually have as a form of currency. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yes, if you would like to get on board with that, please do. Um, I guess uh, rate and subscribe uh, on iTunes if that's your thing, or however else you can rate the show. I don't know. Maybe you can do it. Five stars. Do a Yelp like, review. Like and share our videos. Yeah. Uh, like, like cross, and subscribe. Cross link to us in the comments of other YouTube videos. Mm. Uh, take screenshots going on. of our links, post them on Instagram. Yeah, nice. Uh, yell the name of the podcast at uh, passers by from the window of your car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I can I just talk to you guys about something for a second? Um, we got we got a couple of middling reviews on the iTunes store, <sighs> and someone, some son of a bitch out there, has lowered a five star rating to like <sighs> four point five stars or four point eight. Son of a maybe four point eight. Um, so please, people, if you have the time, uh, please go and give us a fawning five-star review on the iTunes store. And punch that guy. Really rub, really guy rub it in to the son of a bitch who gave us like uh, three stars or whatever. I just, although, focus on the positive here. It does mean that someone who's not a close personal friend of one of us uh, <laughs> listened to the show. <laughs> the show. <laughs> That's true. Or it could have been one of our friends. Yeah, true. A lot of my friends hate me. (laughs) (laughs) There's like 20 or 30 reviews on there, and I do not have that many friends. So, you know. Oh. Oh. It's an interesting personal revelation. Mm. Collectively. Got about two friends. (laughs) Uh, One of them is your wife, and the other is one of your two children. (laughs) (laughs) No, my my two friends are cast members on this show. I'm going to let you guys figure out. Figure out the rest of it. Well, just think about, you know, who you met first. Yep. Uh, you know, guy who you maybe hung out with a bit and he gave you some weed brownies and you watched some movies. and Yeah, that was good. That was good. You know, he's been a really good friend to you this whole time. So, oh, I don't know. I've got to sway your decision. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you know next week, folks. We're going to leave you there on a cliffhanger. Uh, is, has anybody got anything else? No. 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 Okay. No. Then, uh, yeah. 
I believe we'll leave it there, folks. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.